The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. Welcome to Brown Table Talk. I am DC Marshall, founder and CEO of Diverse and Engage and a Wall Street alum, a top WB CEO and a 2022 LinkedIn top voice for racial equality. I'm here with my co-host, Mita. Hey there, Mita. Hey, hey, D. I'm Mita Malik. I'm a business leader. I'm a diversity, equity, and inclusion executive. And most importantly, I'm a working mother. Yes, and if you all have been following the show, you know that Mita and I started Brown Table Talk as a place to spill the tea on the hard truths women of color face in their workplaces. So from my perspective as a Black woman, I share, and for Mita, her view as a South Asian woman. And what we do at our table is we unpack it all. We don't leave any juicy details out of this conversation or off the table, but then we provide you with tips that you need on not how to survive, but how do you thrive in organizations. So Because of your support of this show and because Mita and I have earned and worked hard for this platform, we want to lift you up. We want to lift up as many women of color as possible, including founders. And if you follow Mita, you know that she writes for the Harvard Business Review. She contributes to most major business pubs. And she really is a beast on tracking all dimensions of diversity, particularly marketing around people of color, women of color in particular. And so she always likes to, you know, shout people out. They don't even know she's talking about them and she's supporting (laughs) them. So they don't, right? So Mita, who are you shouting out today? Today, I'm shouting out a beauty brand called Colfi. And before I say any more, I just want to reiterate There will be those who are listening who are skeptical, think this is a paid advertisement. It is not. D and I are on a mission to lift as many women of color founders up as possible. And D, who was my coach years ago, taught me an important lesson. It's all about writing checks, small and big, to support each other and voting with our wallets. So Kulfi, okay, I stopped wearing makeup in this pandemic. I reemerged to start wearing it again. And I discovered founder Priyanka, who started Kulfi, and she makes this amazing kajal eyeliner. It's award-winning. It glides on like butter and it stays on and it comes in really beautiful colors. So please check out Kulfi. I love it. You know what? I feel like I'm going to have to have a BTT budget for all these black or <laughs> uh, founders of color. I'm, I Actually, yes, I got to add this to my a budget line item to support all of these yes. uh, brands. And you know what? You are such a woman of your word or uh, naturally you support listen, you write checks. So, but anyway, let's get into the show today. So what are we talking about on this episode? Oh, D, you're going to like this one. Are you ready? D, lean in. I'm ready. Lean in, D. No, I'm not the most junior person in the room. What? Okay, Mita, tell me a story. What? What's the story? Okay, I got many stories. But years ago, I thought I was going to be an investment banker. Isn't that funny? Okay, I thought I was going to be an investment banker. I had an internship at a very large bank. I won't name the bank. In the intern class, I am the only person of the color. 
I'll get to why this is important. You know where this is headed. I was asked on many occasions to book rooms, to grab coffee, to make copies. Now you would say, but that's what interns do, right? That's what interns do. But here's what I would say. I was the only intern who was being asked to do this. And D, here's my very vivid memory. I am actually an intern trying to get to a meeting and I'm crossing the main reception lobby on whatever floor. And this white leader comes running over to me who's an investment banker and says to me, oh, where have you been? I need you to help check in my guests. And he thought I sat at the front reception. And so I looked at him and I said, oh, well, I actually don't know how to check in guests. Like, I, I don't actually work at the front desk. And he was like, oh. And I was like, I felt so bad because then I'm like, well, I can try to go find someone that can help you. It's the whole hospitality. It's the whole being junior. It's the cultural piece of me that's always trying to be accommodating. It's the part when this stuff happens to us that I need to make the other person feel comfortable. Yeah. I always fight with this default. Someone has said something to me so horrible and I need to make them feel okay, especially because of the power dynamic. But I want to talk about this a lot and I want your perspective, Dee, because as I've risen in my career, I am still mistaken for the most junior person in the room, the person who doesn't have the power to hire and fire, the person who doesn't have the P&L responsibility or the budget, Wow. So, of course, uh, all of the listeners are going to say this is such a familiar story for so many of us being. So what did he do? How did he recover? You know, we did a show, had a conversation about Jane Campion and how, you know, she apologized. But that's because she's got, you know, she has people writing for her and advising her like you have to make a public apology. But for that, you know, executive, what was his response? Because certainly we can talk about your response and how so many of us feel awkward and uncomfortable. You know, what am I to do? We're having to think on our feet like, oh my goodness, you know, I just got punched in the gut, but I'm really not sure how to respond. And why do I need to make good on this? Why do I now need to feel bad? And it goes back to that emotional tax. So I think there's two pieces that we can talk about and tease out on today's show. It's our response, but then his response. There was no apology. It was like, oh, oh. Okay. And then his clients are waiting and he can't get them into the building because there's nobody. And he thought I was the person to do it and was angry at me because I had been not there to do it. Okay. So he doesn't apologize in the moment. No. So later, I mean, I don't know how this unfolded, but at some point. No, he doesn't. He's, I'm the intern. He doesn't care. He's a banker. He's like the head of some group or at the time was, this was years ago. He didn't care. So D, what I wanted to particularly tease out for the allies listening is some allies might say, but that's what interns do, Mita. They get coffee, they make copies, they book rooms, and they're not wrong. The context and lens I'm trying to provide is that I was the only person of color in that internship group who was being treated that way. And so when people ask me, recently I was on a podcast and someone said, what was your most recent memory of, I hate the word microaggression, in the words of D.C. Marshall, a SAT word for racism. Yeah. And so when did you know, when did you first have an experience in corporate America? I said, that was the experience where I felt so sad, where I, no one had prepared me. It was very early on in my career. I was like, wow, I'm going to be treated differently because of how I look and how I show up. 
And that was the first of many countless experiences, which is why we have the Brown Table Talk podcast. Yeah. And you know, it's so interesting that you say, this is why we have the podcast. I just remembered, I got a text the other day and a woman said, D, you know, I've had a lot of these experiences early in my career and I never really thought about it until listening to the podcast. In other words, some people, some of our, our listeners, and thank you so much for listening, they are now being validated in a lot of ways that some of the experiences when you are young and new in your career, you're having some encounters and not really knowing how to process and what to think of things and now understanding that, oh, it, it's exclusive behavior, there are microaggressions, which again is the SAT word for racism or racist. And yeah, so I just, just that part of what you said, I think we're helping a lot of people to frame the experience and we're validating so they know they're not comfortable. We're validating their emotions and feelings about things. And I think that is also the part of the tease out here of, he should have, well, let, we're talking about allies, right? So if part of the culture that you're building or part of the strategy for the corporation today is to create diverse and inclusive culture, then this example of banker, a corporate executive dismissing uh, intern, you, you should now just understand that we have different experiences. And so you should know that apologies are important. So that's policy. That could be policy and practice and culture, policy, practice, and culture. Let's talk about it like that. How do we make good of what we're sharing? How do we make good of Mita's story and all of the women of color who are yes. listening right now, who online go over to our LinkedIn pages, talk to us out loud, who this is your experience, how do we use this as a, a teachable moment? Create the policy of apologize. Know that there are different experiences here in the workplace. And if you are the executive who you are involved in a mistaken identity, go back and apologize. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors, I'm Lars Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work podcast, Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. Let me tell you, I want to bring in a second story here because people listening will say, yeah, D's like, how many more stories do you have? <laughs> well, I got them all. They're not my stories. They're all of our stories, as we say at the Brown Table Talk podcast. People will listen to this and say, okay, you were an intern then. You were very early in your career, as you were saying, D. But what I will say to you as I've risen in the ranks, this continues to happen to me. So a few years ago, I'm running a very big RFP process millions of dollars worth, right? So I am bringing in vendors like a DC Marshall of Diverse Engaged, giving them the brief, asking them to come in, do a capabilities overview. I will tell you, I was the person who would make the final decision and write the check 
three out of the four vendors who showed up thought I was the most junior person in the team. Someone asked me if they could, if I could get them coffee. And this is our story. I know that there are women of color listening saying, yep, that's happened to me. And it was a while later that someone revealed to me, one of the vendors who said, you know, I actually didn't realize that you were the one writing the check. That person actually had the acknowledgement because they walked in and the default was the brown woman sitting there is the most junior person in here. She's not the one who writes the check. It's everyone else who's in here. So I want to bring that up because I think we will just stick to that first story and say, oh, but that was early. Yeah. No, no, no. I love you adding, no, that's today. It still happens today as a senior executive, as somebody in the C-suite. So thank you for sharing that and dismissing how others would dismiss, oh, that was when you were junior. But let's just say this, for leaders and allies listening, you know what it is? It's like, write this down and just don't do this. So mistaking people before you know. So always know before you go. Come on, write that down. Know before you go. Hashtag know before you go. Know before you go. So know before you go. Know who the people are in the room before you start asking for coffee. Know before you go who the decision maker is before you start talking. I want to say saucy out of the left side of your face about who the decision maker is because a lot of times the women of color are controlling the purse strings now. Come on now. I'm writing the check. Baby, they got the P&L, the P-card. They are writing checks, okay? How are you not going to make eye contact with me during this capabilities presentation? Not ask me the questions. Ask everyone else. Barely say hello. Barely acknowledge my presence. Guess what? I was the one writing the check. It was me. Now, I am a servant leader, so I make sure everyone at the table is giving their opinions, making sure their voices are heard. But at the end of the day, as someone who's leading the team, I have to make the decision, right, of who I'm going to give the business to. So if you're listening here and that's you, that's you on the other side, now know, look, you are ear hustling on conversations that you were never privy to perhaps before the round table talk. So now it's just up to you to catch it. And then how can you do better? Now just say, if I have 99 problems, that won't be one. I will never go into a meeting making, you like that? You like the Jay-Z lyric? Let's attribute and credit the honorable who started at the bottom and now he's here. You know he's a billionaire, right? On the billion list. So don't don't go judging folks, okay? Yes. From a housing yes. project. Okay, come back, come back, come back, D. Marshall. Here's something else, and I want to put this in the parking lot for another show about mistaken identity, right? When we are diminished and dismissed and reduced to entry-level receptionists. I hate that I think part of the judgment the stereotype, the sizing us up has to do with how we look. How our male counterparts can go in with a hoodie and be tech casual or tech, right? So let's put that to another show. Oh, we will. If you all are on LinkedIn right now and you want to hear that, just tag us, ping us, go over and post. Listen, I'm going to say it, Dee. I don't have the privilege to wear a hoodie. That's our next episode. We'll talk about that later. That's it. We don't have the privilege. So go back to your story, right, of being, you know, minimized, dismissed, or reduced. I just don't like that. It has to do with how we look. Woman, woman of color, and or all of this. That I have to come here with this big hair. Not have to. I like it. You know, red lip. You know, it's got to be a lot of, you know, in some ways, or we have to show up in a certain kind of way in order to command. I don't like it. 
I agree with you. And I want to hold space for the women of color who are listening. And if this has happened to you, it's so hurtful. I actually question myself, even as an executive, should I have shown up differently? Did I not look nice enough? Was my hair a certain way? Should I be putting on makeup? Did I not command the room? You start thinking about this stuff, even at my level, you wonder. And it's so hurtful because you're like, I have earned it. We have earned this. I have earned that seat and I have earned the right to sign that check. And yet in just like this, you've minimized and I'm not going to let people take that away, but it's hurtful. It's really hurtful. And I want to acknowledge that. Dee, can I just sneak in one more story? (laughs) Dee's like- Come on. I love it. Oh my goodness. I have to share this story because I've never shared this with anyone. Well, I I have shared it. I've just not shared it with you. But this is actually connected to this, this idea of seeing a black or brown woman and assuming what she does. Okay. I have- uh, stopped shopping in the pandemic. Well, that's not true. I'm ordering too many Zoom tops. But I used to like shopping live. And there is a major retailer who I won't name. Two major retailers I like because they have good petite sizing. I will tell you, D, there is one location in New York City I have been to twice. And I have had other white women who are shopping come up to me and ask me if I can start them a room. This has happened to me on two very clear occasions. And so I'm like, I don't even have a hello Amita sign. <laughs> like I have nothing and no disrespect. I have nothing that would indicate that I work in the store. Oh my God. You know, a friend of mine, acquaintance of mine had said to me as a black man that happens to him when he goes to stores and his wife is shopping. And if he's standing by the door because he doesn't want to go into the store and wants his wife to have her time to find what she wants, people think he's the doorman. And people want, like, waiting for him to, like, he's security, close and open the door. So this is happening all the time, not just in our workspaces, but in our private lives, personal lives, in our communities. And do you know what, Dee? I actually now prefer online shopping for that reason. Wow. What am I going to say to people? What am I going to say? Well, first of all, for the pandemic, but what am I supposed to say every time a white woman, I'm like, I don't work here. And it's exactly what we talk about. You have to protect your mental energy, right? Yes. On some yes. days, I'm saucy and bossy, as you would say. And I'd be like, what makes you think I work here? Yes. Yes. Don't hand me those hangers. And on other yes. days, I'm just exhausted. It's the emotional tax you talk about. The burden yes. from the catalyst report that you cited in our last yes. one of our last episodes. I'm just like, you know what? I'm done. You know, Mita, in this moment, I'm going to be quite honest, friend. I'm so glad we decided to do this show because I know your stories, your work stories, but I had no idea the level of similar experiences that we have as women of color, as brown women. I know your stories from the care stories at school, the bullying, but the shopping is just, oh my goodness. It's, I'm telling you, look at, Skin yeah. color. Yes. Look at what skin being, color. I guess, lighter skin, white skin privilege yes. has done mm-hmm. in this country. If you have darker skin. Now, look, we could get a Latina sister here on the show with whiter white skin and yes. may not have the same experiences. But if you get an Afro-Latina or Cuban or with mm-hmm. darker skin, I'm sure they'd have similar stories. Hey, y'all, shouting y'all out. Wow. I'm just having a moment like 
I didn't even think about it. Now, look, heck, that happens to us all the time. But I think just hearing how we just as a country need to do better. But it's because the way the system is set up that it is not built into the system, you know, equity, equality, and talking about these things so that we could do better. We, In order for us to do better and be better, we have to be able to talk about these things. Because when we don't, then it is the non-people of color, or let's just say whether it might be a white cisgender male or white cisgender female would continue to make the mistake. But what you could do is you could learn from the mistakes of others and never make the mistake again. And so I'm going to go with this know before you go, meaning know who people are before you go in. So before you go in, can you start a room or can you get coffee? Know before you go. So our know before you go lesson for leaders and allies in the room, and please share it with your colleagues and your coworkers, just hashtag know before you go, meaning know who people are before you go in and make assumptions that they are the junior person in the room. And this is why we say representation matters. And if you can see it, you can be it. So the fact that you're not used to a black or brown woman writing the check, your default is she must be the most junior person in the room. How could she possibly be the one leading this team? How could she be the CEO? How could she be the board member? And so that is why it matters, right? Because our biases. And listen, Dee, can people just get their own coffee? Who's asking someone to get their coffee? Unless you're busy all day. that part. Get your own coffee or get it. What do you need someone else to get the coffee for? You know how to work the Keurig machine. Go to Starbucks, pick up a chai latte. That part. Okay. You know what I just thought? And again, this is probably another show, a parking lot, but I feel like our dimensions of diversity, the fact that I do this work at Diverse and Engage, but you do the work as an executive, I think both of us are sensitive to the other dimensions of diversity as well. I just remembered I had a millennial, a Gen Y, tell me about how she is dismissed in similar ways because of her age, like she can't possibly run this company and how woman asked her, well, who owns this company or who started? Did your dad help you? Yeah. Yes. Did your dad help you? Yes. She said she had an experience with a very well-known brand, the CEO or someone in the C-suite that, and she said she was really hurt and crushed because it happened to be a woman who asked her that. I think what you're pointing out is the intersection of ageism, sexism, racism, all of those things, right? Right. We're sitting in a place right now in the pandemic where we know women over 50 are having a really difficult time. AARP just did a study of getting back into the workplace. Or if you're too, you look too young, you sound too young. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Mita, why don't you take us over to our tips so we can wrap up? Yes. So number one, check your bias. Check your bias. I always say you can have your thought in your head. No one can hear it. But what you do next matters a lot. And what you say next matters a lot. Check your bias on who has the power in the room. Number two, we always say, interrupt and educate. So when people don't think I'm the one writing the checks, who's going to speak up and say, actually, me is the one leading this team? Do I have to do that every single time? And number three, D, drop the mic for us. Listen, get your own damn coffee. That's it. <laughs> Okay, that's it. That's it. I was going to share. I am the vice president. I'm the CEO, baby. I'm in the C-suite here, okay? I'd be happy to escort you over here to the coffee machine. No, you get me coffee. If I've got 99 problems, coffee should not be one. I'm sorry, everybody. This is Brown Table Talk. Mita, bring us on home, my friend. 
Thank you so much for the community and conversation for being here. If you're looking for more tips, please go back to any of our episodes and please call DC Marshall, diverseandengaged.com. We so appreciate you. If you have loved this episode, please share it with a woman of color in your life and please share it with allies who are looking to do better and be better. That's all. We will see you next time. Side effects of listening to Brown Table Talk may include allies unleashed, getting paid more, and a dose of badassery all the way around. More at www.browntabletalkpodcast.com.